What's the response there? What about what's the darkness do? Yeah, the darkness doesn't understand. And that's a key word in John, but also the other Gospels and Isaiah and Jeremiah, um, that the, those without life, those without light don't understand. Um, and, and so uh, Nicodemus comes and he doesn't understand these things. John 3.10, Jesus says to Nicodemus. Why doesn't Nicodemus understand these things in John 3? He's not yeah, because he has not been born again. Um, because you must be born again in order to do what in John 3? 3, 3? C. And what's the C and a synonym for? Understand. Understand. Okay, so we say... Um, uh, we're explaining something and we say, see, and we say, oh yeah, I get it. I understand. Um, and, and it was a, a, a figure of speech or a figurative a way of saying understand in Old Testament times, New Testament times, um, in our, in our day as well. Um, we say see to mean understand. So Jesus does that, um, comes into the world, shines in the, into the darkness but the darkness does not understand him. Uh, but he is uh, fully God, a son of God, um, always. He doesn't become the son of God when he is incarnated. Okay. Um, the Trinity, uh, God does not change. He's immutable. God is eternally existing, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, more uh, clearly revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, in the New Testament, though we see hints of it in the Old Testament, um, the Spirit's hovering over the waters. So the Spirit of God's there in Genesis 1, 2, or 3. Um, there we find out that Jesus was the one creating um, there. Um, God spoke and, spoke and said, let there be light. Um, so that ties into Jesus being the Word. Right? He spoke into the darkness. The word speaks and creates, which is what John's point is there. Um, so um, when Israel calls God, calls God uh, their, their, calls God their father. So that gives some indication of God the father in the Old Testament as well. Okay, um, good. Any, any other questions about this before we um, uh, go on? So uh, Christ... Uh, uh, is the son of God from all eternity past. Um, he doesn't change in his essence or his character or who he is. His person doesn't change, but something gets added or tacked on to him when he becomes the son of God. And what gets tacked on to Jesus that doesn't change who he is, doesn't change his character, doesn't change his being the, the second person of the Trinity, but something new happens yeah, true body, reasonable soul. Okay, so um, these human factors such that he is a true human being as uh, Hebrews 2 um, uh, spends a lot of time talking about, um, that he is made like us in every way yet without sin. Okay, um, so let's uh, open up to uh, Revelation 20.
you look at the, um, the asterisk there, uh, bullet number two, um, Sierra, can you read that for us? Okay, and Randy, can you read the next bullet? <laughs> He's always doing that at home, right? You do it, and he says, let me do that. Get out of the way. Honestly, I'm thinking about where's the little holder for your... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so those are all things that are sure the second coming. Um, third bullet, Laura. Or, sorry, fourth bullet. Okay, um, so that that's our picture. Um, this is all, I think Mallory and I were talking this week, and you know, there are all these things that happen, but it's one big gigantic event. Um, Jesus comes back, final battle, um, final final judgment, casting into the new heavens and new earth and, and, and the, the uh, lake of fire. Um, and just prior to that is the um, uh, throwing into um, the lake of fire, hell, itself um revelation 20 um uh 14 uh and and then um uh then uh, final destinies are determined there and and the new heavens and new earth is created so it's all one big huge event but there are some little you know micro steps in the event of what happens what happens before what um the destinies are determined at that point declared yeah yeah declared um is when hell is thrown into the lake of fire the souls of people who have died already are not in there right and so what we see uh, right before then and you can go ahead and look and cheat up there 11 through 15 uh, are um one of our, our clearest passages about final judgment in scripture uh and so it's a uh, to go to um for us as we look at final uh uh, final judgment, uh, but uh, you see that uh, in verse, first of all, in verse um, 11, you see Jesus there, great white throne, um, and then who else does John see? The dead, the dead great and small, um, and uh, where where are they? Standing before the throne, okay, and then you see their, their books, and then there's a book. You see that there? Um, and uh, the, the book um, we see referenced uh, there in, in verse 15. What book is there at final judgment? The book of life. The book of life. And this is stated in the negative, but uh, as John often does in Revelation, he states one side of things and he assumes you know the flip side. So he talks about the first resurrection, but he doesn't talk about the second resurrection. But he shows the second resurrection. Um, he shows the second death, but he doesn't talk about the first death. Um, and, and so we just fill those blanks in, and that's a common thing that John that John does there. But in in verse fifteen, uh, what's he show us about the book of life? What's he look? What's he say there in that verse? Um, verse 15. 15. Anyone's name 
Yeah, so you have the negative there. Anyone whose name is not written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire, as hell had been. Death and, ha and, and death, death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, verse 14. Um, and, and so what's, what's the thing we're supposed to pick up there? We know that the dead, uh, the dead who, uh, his name, whose names are not written in the book of life are cast into, thrown into the lake of fire. Um, What's the flip side of that, or what's the thing we're supposed to understand? Yeah, so if your name is in the book of life, you're not thrown into the lake of fire, and then we go on into chapter 21 and see the new heavens and new earth um, there. Um, so uh, what we see is, is um, that uh, all the dead are standing there, verse 12, great and small, so everybody uh, standing before the throne, um, and... Um, if you know Old Testament history, you know that the Supreme Court in Old Testament Israel is what? The king. And where does the king sit? And he renders what? Yeah, okay. So that's all foreshadowing of what we'll see at final judgment, which final judgment we see here. So Jesus is on, on his throne. Uh, Jesus was uh, in, introduced um uh, earlier, and now John sees his throne, and Jesus uh, seated on it. Um, and you'll, uh, if you want more confirmation that's Jesus, you can look at twenty-one five and following. Uh, but uh, so Jesus is sitting on his judgment throne. Uh, all uh, all those uh, are before him. All the dead, great and small. Um, that's a, a literary, a figurative thing, and and uh, literary. Anyone know what that? That is that figurative thing where you say great and small. Um, you say the extremes, and you mean everything in be and everything in between. I don't expect you to know that. You're, I should know that. I'm the English major. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Yeah, I forget. I used I used to know that. Yeah. Uh, when you say yeah, when you say great and small, um, short and tall. Um, yeah, even yes, yeah, uh, and and that's the same thing. It's the same literary expression, um, from first to last. So when you say from first to last, you mean and everything in between. It's a, it's a figurative thing we do in in language, um, and that's what um, that's what John's doing here, great and small, standing before the throne. Books were opened. Um, and you see twice here in this passage here, what's in the books? Um, the, in the book of life, names are there. But what's in the book? So you have books, and then you have the book of life. Okay, the deeds and thoughts and attitudes of the, the great and small. Where do, you, where do you see that twice in this final judgment scene, 11 through 15? Two times, God is very careful to show throughout Scripture, but here, that he is a just judge. And he judges perfectly and accurately, doling out the correct amount of condemnation and punishment according to what the person's done. Where do you see that? Yeah, Emily, did you have one? Verse 12. Verse 12. What's that? Can you read that for us? Yeah, so that's what's in the books. 
what they had done. And then there's a second time this is mentioned. Do you have it, Matthew? 13. And what's 13 say? Yeah, each person was judged according to what he had done. So if you didn't hear it the first time, Matthew had his hand raised, waiting patiently while Emily was saying the first one, and then everyone blurted in there. And so let's all give Matthew credit. You know, talk to him after Sunday school and pat him on the back. And yes, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you didn't get the first time, but but you see this throughout Scripture and. and in my Bible, you can you can all read this. You can all read this here. You can you can see that in the pencil. You can see that. Um, you have all the uh, uh, <laughs> all these places, and I'll say I'll estimate oh about twenty uh, verses there that I have where God says the exact same thing throughout the rest of scriptures that people are judged according to what they've they have done. It's specific. And so when you hear somebody say, well, all sin is sin, you know, so slap them across the face, punch them in the nose and say, read your Bible. Just kidding. (laughs) No, but but do not believe that. You know, we've all heard that. I heard that for years. You know, all sin is sin. And yeah, so, you know, no, God is just and all sin is different sin. And the same sins have different motivations in different circumstances. And so an unjust judge would punish that same sin in different ways because one person was Jean Valjean, you know, right? What's he doing? Stealing a loaf of bread because? To feed his family. And one person's stealing because he's a punk and he just wants to steal stuff. And he creates havoc for the person he's stolen from who needs to bake that loaf of bread, particularly for the queen. And now he gets banished from the kingdom because he doesn't have the loaf, right? Greater consequences to that person's sin. So, you know, uh, there's uh, greater justice against that or greater condemnation because God is fair and just, um, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, Matthew. The idea of all, you know, all sin is sin. Do you think that's a conflation of the idea that we have all sinned and fallen the idea that, well, I guess it's probably premised on people not reading the Bible, but this idea that they do know that, and so it appears to be all sin is sin because any sin is condemned to hell. Yeah, and and that's true. It's just not well distinguished from everything Scripture says about sin. Yeah, Bill. Well, to take that and run with it. Yeah. Um, most people who quote. Uh, these kind of works scriptures yeah. are trying to use them in the positive and saying, but my works are good. Mm-hmm. God will judge my works. And mm-hmm. I came to the poor, I went to church, I said the mass, and I crossed myself, and all yeah. this stuff. Here it's talking about it in a fully negative way. Yeah. Your works are not a plus. Yeah. They're a minus. Yeah. They condemn you. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to be judged by our, our works apart from. Christ covering us. We need Christ to cover us, and and works are, are you know it's and you're all, almost quoting Matthew 25 where the sheep and the goats, right? What what do the goats claim at judgment? What's their argument? Yeah, they they say, look at my works. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's, it's brought out here. And so we gladly go in final, final judgment, recognizing that all, even the faithful things we've done have been marked by sin or incomplete acts of faithfulness. Um, uh, but those uh, acts uh, that we have done as believers, uh, that the um, falling short of those acts has been covered by the blood of Jesus. And he gladly receives those acts done in faith for his glory as imperfect as they are, just like you receive um, a, a, a coloring picture um, that has purple faces and green faces on it from your kid. Um, and you say, oh, that's really neat because they're your kid. Um, and we treat our kids with graciousness. Allison won a coloring contest at Publix in Orlando, and it was the 101 Dalmatians. And, and what won it for her, according to the uh, woman who called on the phone and talked to Betsy, was her um, uh, the fact that uh, the the two parents had you know, one had a green face and one had a purple face. <laughs> <laughs> so she got a cake and all kinds of stuff. Publix potato, wavy potato chips <laughs> and a Publix root beer or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, our works are covered in, in their imperfection and received for the, the faith that was, you know, the, the offering that they were to our God. Uh, but but that's, that's, our just, or that's our sanctification and glorification. That's not our justification. We don't offer our works for justification. Remember those two boxes? <laughs> we don't offer, we don't offer. Joyce is like, boxes in this church? What? <laughs> um, but, but we don't offer our works for our justification, but our works are rewarded at final judgment as part of what we did in our, our sanctification to walk into our, our glorification, our final state. Uh, rewarded for those things and Jesus gladly rewards us for the things that we've done and, and you, you say to your kid at the end of the mowing season every week you mowed the yard and the yard always looked good and I never had to tell you to mow it and, and you give them some you know special gift or reward or even just that that praise you know is a, a special gift and so that's you know if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children Right. Like Jesus says, so also God will give good gifts to those who love him. So um, uh, so that that goes on. But but uh, in justification, which is what's going on here at the front end of final judgment, um, we don't want to be judged by our works. We just want to hear what at final judgment. We as believers want to hear what? Yeah, our names being read from the book of life. Yeah, um, that's our, that's our hope. And that's that's election right there. And so that's Jesus in John six saying um, all that the father gives to me will come to me. Work of the Holy Spirit. And those who come to me, Jesus says, I will not turn away. And all that the father gives to me, I will raise on the last day. Uh, and, and so uh, the father writes the book of life. Um, Revelation five there's stress in heaven because the book of life is is sealed with seven seals that no one's worthy you know, no one's worthy to take the book. 
no one's worthy to open the seven seals. And so the dead souls up there are stressed about this. But then what relieves their stress? Jesus' ascension. He arrives in heaven. And what the, the acclamation of those in heaven is that he bought the book. How did he buy the book of life? Who containing the names of the elect that the Father had written and sealed with seven seals. How did Jesus buy with? What did he buy the book? His blood. blood. Revelation 5 says that. He bought the book. And so he is, he is worthy to take the book and open its seals. Uh, For he's purchased with his blood um, the names contained in the book. And, And so Jesus starts releasing those seals and as soon as he gets that seventh seal whoo, final judgment that's revelation six and then the beginning of verse eight yeah so or ver- beginning of chapter eight sorry. and maybe it's just you know how this book is written yeah but it was, oh that revelation yeah revelation uh-huh. uh it, w- it was never in doubt that jesus was going to purchase the book right correct so then the stress that is it's dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always this. There's always this. Um, and and it's not just a show, uh, but um, uh, with faith, that's always the case. With hope, that's always the case. And we can have a sure hope and a sure faith. But when we see it, then there's rejoicing over this because then. There's, you know, it's no longer a hope, but it, it, you know, it's Romans five. It's no longer hope, but it's reality, and so there's rejoicing at that point that what we've hoped for, that what we were sure of, actually comes to be. Well, and, and maybe I just came up with my own answer. The believers in heaven at that point have they been perfected? Uh, in soul, but they're without sin nature. Okay, but not their mental awareness or acuity. So like. So that they could be told that Jesus is going to do an insure thing, but there could still be that anxiety and stress known with that imperfect faith that is associated with it. Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, perhaps I'm overplaying the anxiety and stress. People aren't stressed in heaven um, about this, but there, there is the, um, uh, what, is, what is shown here is without somebody to take the scroll and to open its seals and know that the books... In old, in old and New Testament times, were scrolls. They weren't bound books like this. And so that's why there's a scroll with seven seals that's called the Book of Life, because it's one and the same. A book was a big scroll. Um, and so like in synagogues, they didn't have an Old Testament that looked like this, a bound book. They had big scrolls in a cabinet that they'd open up and they'd find the Isaiah scroll like Jesus did in, in Luke 4 and they'd pull the Isaiah scroll out and then they'd find the right place. You know, they'd have sword drills, right? <laughs> it's about two, two-thirds through. Um, and so, now what was I talking about? So, um, well, final comment. Yeah. Um, I, I just because I'm reasoning through this. Yeah. So maybe it's not stress, but it's the righteous longing justice because justice is associated with the ability to open the scrolls and redeem those people in the book of life. Yeah, and part of it too is what we see here in um, Revelation 20, 11 through 21, 21, 5. 
between final judgment and the new heavens and the new earth and, and Jesus 21 5 says, I am making everything new. Um, and and uh, that the final hope of ours is not like the Greeks, like Plato, who said the physical is bad and the spiritual is good. Um, but in scripture, God creates matter. Father decrees it. Jesus creates it. Um, Spirit's the agent. God creates matter. Jesus speaks it into existence. And he calls the matter what in Genesis 1 after each at the end of each day? What's he call it? Good. So in Christianity, we say matter is good. Physicality is good. Now, we have decaying physicality, which I'm very aware of because I spent seven hours in my crawl space yesterday. Um, <laughs> my whole body feels raw. Gladly, I had knee pads, you know, that um, same material as pads you gave us, which we still use, <laughs> like the wrestling mat pads, you know there but oh, my knees feel raw but uh, the uh, the physicality is good and so the final when when we die if we die before Jesus returns we're not in our final destination we're still hoping for heaven for what we were created to experience as human beings at Adam that is a, a full complete sinless life and praise of God that's physical and spiritual, both. Where our minds, our souls, and our bodies are doing righteously, faithful to our covenant with God, and enjoying the peace and joy of that uh, totally. Like when um, you're doing something that you really enjoy, and it's like, this is great. You know, and that's all of, that's all of life uh, with the new heavens and new earth. And so in heaven now... There is this longing still, and, and it's much greater in heaven for those who have died. Paul, sa Paul says in Philippians 1.23, it's better by far to uh, depart and be with Christ, Philippians 1.23. And so it's better by far to depart and be with Christ, to be in heaven, yet it's incomplete. And, and so that's in, in Revelation 5 with the dead souls that are with Jesus that we read about in, in Seal 6, um, there in about 6, 10, and 12, that they are longing still for their final destination, which is Jesus making the earth and the heaven new. Uh, Behold, I'm making everything new, he says, with the 21-1, you can look there, 21-1, the new heaven and the new earth, because the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. Yeah. That's right. Yes. So you know your final destination. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's going to be worse because instead of a, a soul in hell, your body and soul um, in that body and with those lips that you committed all those sins that were not cast upon Jesus' body on the cross. Um, yeah, you're suffering for those in body. Um, eternal torment is what Jesus said. Um, and Peter, Second Peter. Okay. Um, so, uh, so you see um, uh, verse 13 then and 20 um, to follow up um, there. 
the dead are judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So verse 13, um, John makes sure we know this is everybody, the great and small. And so he says, the sea gave up the dead that were in them. So here he just goes to the, who could you say is the most lost? And I don't mean spiritually lost, but unable to find. <laughs> and, and you would say, somebody who dies at sea. You know, if, you, if someone dies and you bury him, you know, you can go there and maybe find some dust if it's been a long time. Uh, but someone who dies at sea, man, and for me, that's terrifying. You know, Bill, I don't know how you'd build this in submarines. I just saw. Oh. <laughs> I asked Bill one time when I was talking to Bill, and I said, do they give psychological profile tests before you? And he said, yeah, they do. And I thought, okay, good. They wouldn't have made me if I went in the Navy be on a submarine. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm on, you know, even on uh, Betsy and I on our 10, 20 and 30 year anniversaries, we've taken cruises on those three, three dates. And, you know, even looking over the, the deck of a cruise ship, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I just, I want to step back. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, yeah, but to die at sea, but, but so John, John here says, you know, even the, the, the least likely people to find, even they were standing there before the throne. And so he says, verse 13, the sea gave up the dead that were in it. Okay, and then he says, okay, that takes care of the bodies. Now, now we see the other side of that. The earth gave up the dead that were in it, even though John doesn't say that. But again, that's how John speaks. He, he goes to extremes and says it's the middle two, or he goes to one extreme and he says it's the other thing too uh, that's happening. Um, and so then he says, and death and Hades... Gave up, gave up the dead that were in them. Um, so who's who's in who's in death in Hades right now? We, souls, of souls of unbelievers. And so what hell does is dumps out dead souls um, before the throne um, who are united to their bodies. Um, and stand before Jesus in, in judgment. Okay? And so hell now has served its purpose. Um, go, go to um, 2 Peter 2. Okay, so Second Peter two, um, Paul's talk, or sorry, Peter is talking about false teachers um, in the middle, of verse three. There, so Second Peter two, verse three, um, Peter says their condemnation has been hanging over them; uh, their destruction has not been sleeping. In other words, they're going to get it. Okay, they've been misleading God's people, worse than being out in the world, you know. But they're misleading God's people. Their destruction has not been not been sleeping. Um, and then let's just pick up with with uh, reading here. And let's see. How about um, Patterson's and then uh, Dakota and Anna and Mary Lane? 
Um, so start with verse 4 of chapter 2. Okay. You know, that's probably all we, we really need to read right here. So thanks, Faith. Um, so uh, what's, what's um, what, we'll, we'll hit another verse here, but what, what's Peter say is hell's purpose? Or what's hell doing? Holding. Yeah. Um, it's a holding place, a gloomy dungeon to be held for judgment. Okay. And so that's our that's our doctrine there received from Scripture. Hell, you know, so you, you hear about, you know, so you'll be in hell forever. No, you won't. Not you guys. <laughs> and why do we say, no, someone won't be in hell forever? Yeah, the lake of fire eventually at some point um, back to Revelation 20, hell's going to be dumped out. You know, uh, death and Hades, Hades and hell, same. Um, death and Hades are pour out the dead, empty out the dead that are in them to, so that those dead souls are given a final judgment. Um, so if you get arrested, yeah, you're in a holding cell, right? We know that term. Uh, we're, you know, just off maybe at the, the, in the police station, there's a little cage there. It holds one or two people, but there's no bed in there or, you know, but it's just a place to hold the person so it doesn't create chaos until they can book them, Dano. Um, that's an old Y50 joke for us old people. Um, and, and they can be put in a, a permanent facility after what? Judgment. 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 Yeah. And so hell is this um, holding cell. Um, gloomy dungeon for the souls of uh, unbelievers, those who haven't believed in Christ. Um, and uh, they're being held there. Um, you see uh, all these people in verse 5. Uh, uh, go ahead and read that, Joyce, verse 5. Okay, and then Dakota, go ahead with six. And he uh, condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by uh, burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. Yeah. Uh, and then let's skip to verse nine. Anna, can you read verse nine for us? If this is so, then the Lord knows how to respect you, the godly, from and to hold the unrighteous for punishing punishment on the day of judgment. Okay, thank you. Um, so again, what's what's Peter say hell is for? Yeah, holy for the day of judgment. So who's who's there? Who's some people that Peter said are there? Their souls are in hell, uh, awaiting final judgment. Okay, uh, angels who sinned at the beginning. Everyone who wasn't Noah's family. Okay, the unbelievers during Noah's day, they've been in hell or Hades. Uh, their souls have been. Who else? Yeah, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, and so, uh, and uh, again, Peter says, 
Hell is there. It's God holding people, uh, their souls, until the time of, of final, until the time of final judgment. Any questions on, on that before we go back to uh, Revelation 19 or 20? Yeah, Crystal. Is the punishment they're going to receive in hell, I mean, it's not going to be any better or worse than the lake of fire, right? I don't know. Yeah, we don't have any more distinction on that that I know of. Yeah. Um, it, it's, um, it, it's a gloomy dungeon. Um, uh, and it's not pleasant to be there. Um, but yeah, I don't know exactly the, the extent of things going on. Yeah. Hot, yeah. 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 But, so Luke 16, rich man and Lazarus. Yeah. Not Lazarus raised from the dead, but yeah. Jesus parable of rich, the rich man, Lazarus, the beggar. Another question, and I'm fine if you're like, let's do this later. But my Catholic friends that believe, I guess that's who it is, that believe that they can pray somebody out of the holding place. What's what's purgatory, and and is that true that they believe? I mean, I know it's not true, but is it true that that other faiths believe that? Uh, Catholics believe in purgatory, um, and since they believe that, all your sins were not in Jesus' body on the cross and punished. Um, that when you die, Philippians one twenty three is not true. Philippians one twenty three says, you know, he's contemplating his his death. He says, for me to die, you know, for me to live is Christ. To die is is gain. Um, and he says, well, what shall I choose? I'm torn between the two. Um, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Um, yet I think, uh, you know, for, for you, it is uh, more beneficial, uh, more necessary for you um, to be um, that I remain in the body. And so Paul clearly states there, uh, as we also see in 2 Corinthians 5, 8 through 10, that um, to be where Paul says to be at home in the body is to be away from the Lord and to be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord. Um, the writer of Hebrews says, for it's appointed for all uh, men to die and then to face judgment. Um, and so, um, and, and that, that judgment at death being just you're divided, you know, into the holding cells that are the, the um, triages, so to speak. Um, into your final destination. And so Catholics believe that, that when you die, your, your destination can kind of change. And there's not really that I know of a, 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 an understanding of new heavens and new earth after that. Um, and, and so they take, um, yeah. So that's true, they believe that. It's false. Um, it's false because it, it tramp, as the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 6, it tramples underfoot the blood of Jesus. It says the blood of Jesus is not enough for your soul to be in heaven immediately when you die. You need the death of the Son of God. Hear these words. You need the death of the Son of God and some works. Um, and so we're not taken care of by Jesus. Um, uh, and so there's more more work to do. 
And so it's, it's a real insult to Jesus to create something called purgatory, which is not a, a word or concept we see in scripture. So does that get it for you? Yeah. Yeah, Teresa. So, like, would those people fall into the false teachers and stuff that have been preaching this their forever yeah, they they will, and so um, and and you know Peter's Peter's talking about you know these people in Second Peter they were saying you can be sexually immoral and it doesn't matter or do anything you want and it doesn't matter because your sins are forgiven. Okay, so licentiousness. But the other thing these false teachers were saying so two things in Second Peter they were saying that Jesus is not coming back. Uh, and so that's all of chapter three. But but Peter does say, you know, that that uh, they should not be doing that. And there's a place for them um, that's coming. And uh, just like there was a place coming to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, like there was a place coming for those during Noah's day um, who were not Noah's Noah's eight. Um, and James says, so lot, not, James three one. So let not many of you be teachers for your encounter a greater judgment. And so if you um, are an unbeliever and the blood of Jesus has not covered you, um, you certainly don't want to teach God's people and say, this is what the Christian religion is. This is what the Bible teaches and mislead them. Um, they stand in the place of, and whether they're Catholics or just some cult, um, they stand in the place of the Pharisees who are essentially saying, don't trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and everything you need. Um, we know this man is a sinner, as we saw last, last week in, in John 9. Um, and so, yeah, not a place to be. Um, better to not believe and just keep your mouth shut uh, because they are, are um, leading uh, people in the ditch as Jesus said, and, and people are trusting them. Well, he's the professional, he's the expert, he knows, so I guess that's true, um, especially during ages where people weren't literate and they couldn't read the Bible themselves, which was much of, of uh, history in the, for the Catholic Church, um, that, yeah, these people are helpless, just following into the ditch, into their destruction, um, these these folks, yeah. Okay, um, so... Yeah, Steve. Question. Yeah. It's kind of a rabbit trail, but um, you always hear that. Uh, I've heard people say that the greatest, uh, the horrible thing about hell is not the fire; it's the separation from God. And then I hear other people say, "Well, God is omnipresent." He, in other words, you would be in hell, and you would be separate from heaven, and but just the knowledge of of God's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I've heard that too. And, and typically, I come on in. Um, typically, that's it's it's a thing where um, it's like I think it's I always perceive it as a way to soften hell. Well, the real thing because they get uncomfortable or soften the lake of fire. The real thing is just being separated from God. But theologically, we could follow that and drive hard the other way and say, well, the problem for you in life is you didn't want God. And so God is giving you what you want. Um, and, and when Jesus comes, 
end of Revelation 6, um, I think in, in, in 14, uh, and, and you see this as well in the, in, the, in the prophets, when God comes in judgment, even when people see him coming, it says, even then they did not repent. And what do they do? They fight him. That's what final battle is. People see him coming and they fight him um, because that's what we want without the Spirit of God giving us life and, and light, giving us understanding, um, giving us new hearts. Um, and, and so, yeah, from our perspective, you know, that would be awful to be separated from God. From their perspective, we could make the opposite argument. They've gotten what they wanted. You know, and it's like the person who dies because of his bad habit, you know, and says, but I'm happy as he dies at 31 or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's it's the heroin addict that can't see what this is doing to him and, and still claims he's happier addicted to heroin than, than not. Which is what? Only the good die young or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, we're time, so let's let's stop there. Um, good question. Good good look at uh, final judgment. Uh, next week we'll uh, start into. Uh, we had talked about. Um, well, we'll, we'll uh, pick up verse three and on into that paragraph of four through four through six there, uh, and and leading on down, however far we however far we get. Well, let's let's pray.